Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, business editor of Variety. Today, my guest in New York is Jacqueline Parks. Parks is chief marketing officer and executive vice president of digital studios for Viacom's MTV, VH1, CMT, and Logo Group. In our conversation, Parks breaks down the marketing campaign for MTV's recent relaunch of the reality franchise, The Hills. Parks details the process that began in early 2017 with social media teases and other breadcrumbs for fans. This was well before MTV announced that the franchise was officially coming back. Parks also reflects on how the discipline of marketing has changed so dramatically. In the three years since she joined MTV after a 21-year career with Major League Baseball. Jacqueline Parks, Chief Marketing Officer and Executive Vice President of Digital Studios for MTV, VH1, CMT, and Logo Group. Thank you for taking a break from marketing all those channels to sit and talk with us today. Well, thank you for having me, Cynthia. I'm a huge fan of you and your podcast and uh, variety overall. Oh, shucks. Thank you. Let's start by talking about a big, what I'm sure has been a big project for you in the last year and a half, the relaunch of The Hills, a really beloved MTV franchise that hadn't been on the air for a while. It just came back now under the new title, The Hills, New Beginnings. Talk about the process of how you, how the company identified this property as, as a good one for relaunch. Near as I can tell, the first rumblings of rumors that The Hills could come back in some form to MTV started about May, June of 2018. Tell us from behind the scenes, at what stage was your effort at that point? Had you, I'm guessing you had already been working on this for some time. Yeah, good intel there, Cynthia. Um, about two years ago, um, when Chris McCarthy took the helm uh, overall for the music brands, one of the core things to our strategy was really to crystallize um, reimagining IP that we had, you know, in this era with their content everywhere on every platform, consumers have more choices than ever. And great news is, as we all know, they're consuming more than ever before. Um, but in order to get them to choose your product or your uh, pro- programming, um, having IP is a really secret weapon. It really draws consumers in, it draws media in, it galvanizes interest. Um, so we took a look at our entire vault and we took a look at what was on the air um, currently and um, immediately looked at how do we make our strong franchises stronger. So franchises like The Challenge and Ridiculousness, we invested and we doubled down on to make them stronger. And then we looked at IP that had been retired and was our opportunity. So right around May, June, when you heard rumblings, we had just launched Jersey Shore to tremendous success, Jersey Shore Families Vacation. And we knew that The Hills was another massive IP that fit strategically into what we believe was the core ethos of MTV, which is a show that celebrated quintessential life stages. So MTV at its core has always been there with you from your first date to your first expression of identity to pro-social choices that you're making to things that are important to you. MTV was really the first one to put a camera or a microphone there for youth. And for the Hills, it was all about quintessential life stages. It was your first date, your first new job, um, your first apartment, getting into college. So, um, you know, lo and behold, that cast is just around turning 30 now. (laughs) And we decided 
uh, Chris McCarthy and Nina Diaz and the development team that it'd be the right time to bring back this franchise. Can I ask you, was that strictly on gut or did you do any like mar- any research, any focus groups at all to see what the resonance of the brand was? Yeah, we have um, social channels. So we did do a little bit of testing um, on the QT to take a look at the impact that the property and the star still had socially. Um, and it's quite strong and it continues to be one of the franchises that fans on the MTV brand channel will ask us to bring back. So a little bit of social listening, mm-hmm. um, as well as once we decided, we started to queue up some more Hills content and see how it was doing on all platforms. So we ran some reruns um, on different our different nets. And then we also put some more social content out there and just saw the fan reaction to it. Um, and then we teased a promo in the VMAs in 2018. It was a Twitter moment, and it was one of the most social moments of the VMAs. And that was before you formally, officially said that the show was coming back. That was our moment to say it's coming back. We didn't know exactly how at that point. Uh, one of the key things that Chris did was building a team that could actually build the content. We're makers ourselves. So... At that moment, we saw the reaction and all the plans went into motion to build out the Hills New Beginnings. And obviously it was core talking to the talent and Heidi and Spencer and Adrena and the whole crew. And then, like you said earlier, bringing in new talent uh, for the show as well. Was it um, Lauren Conrad was obviously a big, uh, you know, the focus of the show in its original iteration from 2006 to 2010. Um, she was. She's been pretty vocal that she did not want to be a part of it. When you, I'm guessing you got that message from her. Was that at all a speed bump at all in terms of can we do this without her? Yeah, I mean, ab- absolutely. Lauren was a massive part of the original Hills, um, and the talent team and the development team talked to all of the talent that had been on it. And I think um, you know everybody would have liked everyone to come back, but. Just like any other show, just like Jersey Shore or any of the other remakes, that doesn't always happen. And we certainly respect where everyone is in their life stage. The franchise is massive and it's iconic and it transcends individual actors or actresses. And um, we saw that with the launch just last week. So massive success, actually the largest launch in cable reality this year for women 18 to 49 and second in people um, overall behind Double Shot of Love, which is another one of our uh extensions of the Jersey franchise. If you have to come in second to somebody, may as well be your own show. Totally. It's not bad. That's great. So you have the big teaser Twitter moment that's part, that's right. you know wrapped into the MTV Movie Awards. Right. Um, what and, and you see a great response. What do you do from there to capitalize? So we basically had a strategic plan laid out for all platforms. The show team went busy into developing the show and doing research around, you know, how they could bring that show to life for 2019. And in the marketing and digital side, our job was to fuel those people who were the Hill fans and then to strategically work to identify who were audiences that we thought we could reach that maybe didn't watch the Hills in its original iteration. So we partnered with Google Insights and we took a look at where trends were going in terms of audiences um, around the current hills. And then we did some testing um, of some hypothesis around people who didn't watch the hills but love reality. And then around another group that were just MTV fans but didn't watch the hills. So we had three targets. It was the group that watched the hills in the original day that may or may not be on MTV today. Reality fans overall that just love reality programming and mm-hmm. are ripe for the demo. And then people who are on MTV that just aren't never watched The Hills. 
And we develop content across all platforms to reach each one of those fan bases to fuel their fandom so that when we did bring the show back, we would have success. Because, you know, launching a success and a hit is harder than ever. Um, So all of that was a part of strategically fueling that fandom. And then we launched a pop-up channel on Pluto TV where you could watch every single episode of The Hills from the beginning. You said you partnered with Google Insights. Can Mm -hmm. you give us some sense of what what exactly Google Insights brought you? What kind of data, what kind of information that they they provided you that you couldn't have gotten on your own? Yeah, we work with Google. They're a strategic partner, a marketing partner, as well as a business partner of ours. Um, And in this instance, we work with a group called Google Insights. um, And we created some hypotheses uh, around what we thought these different audiences might be interested in with The Hills. And we tested those hypotheses by developing content and then putting it on YouTube. And then we were able to see reaction from audiences to understand which creative would be stronger creative to connect to broader audiences. So this was done well before we developed our actual final creative. It was proof of concept that enabled us to see consumer reaction. And then to each one of those targets that I identified, what would be the right creative for those targets to bring them in? So no surprise the people that never watched The Hills were brought into The Hills based on the nostalgia of quintessential life stage moments. Mm -hmm. Everybody remembers their first kiss. Mm -hmm. Everybody remembers the nervousness of their first day at college. Um, The idea of reconnecting with an ex. Those are quintessential life stages that were very much a part of The Hills. And they played so well to people that never saw the show. As a matter of fact, the strongest piece of creative that we had going across all three audiences was the song Natasha Benningfield's song The Rest oh. is Still Unwritten uh-huh. So that was so connected to the original show connected to the show but people that never saw the show said they had chills from the minute they heard the song coming on which was just fascinating because if you had never seen the property why would that song resonate so strongly but it did and so that was core to our marketing for all three targets. So when you're talking about doing hypotheses and proof of concept and gathering you know kind of looking at the audience, it sounds like that your team is working so closely with the content team to figure out what is the, you know, kind of what is the the, the ingredients right. for success. It, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like you and the marketing are there, you know, at the very sort of beginning of the ideation about about this process. We often hear from, you know, we, also, we often hear of pro- tension between production and development yeah. and the marketing department. Marketing is brought in at the end. It sounds like you had a seat at the table from the very get-go. Yeah, the way Chris orchestrates it and, you know, special thanks to Nina who runs our development team. We're all at the table together and Nina totally runs development, but she always wants to hear our voice and our thoughts because all of us look at what we do as the consumers in the center of everything we do. So hearing what the consumer has to say, want, and need is core to all of us being successful. Um, And, you know, sometimes we get insights from the talent that they'll share with us that fuel some of our creative iterations. Sometimes we share insights from people like Google that help make the development stronger as well. So we're lucky. We're a small, nimble group, and um, we're able to react really quickly together. Mm -hmm. So you've got got the ball rolling. You've got the buzz going. What, um, as you get into, like, summer, fall of 2018, are you kind of dropping still breadcrumbs? people to to whet their appetites? Yes. So we did a bunch of content, Remember When? So really short, six, 10-second 
um, drops that ran on all platforms, but most specifically on social. Um, between all of the cast members and then our social following for The Hills, we reignited that, that base. It's about 40 million followers across platforms. So it was a really nice audience to go out to and start to pepper them with more content. Um, and again, it was all around Remember When. And then we ran some marathons for those fans on MTV that maybe didn't watch The Hills. Um, summer weekends when, you know, people had extra time. We know they're on the channel. And we reintroduced them that way on Linear as well. Um, and then Liza and our comms team strategically followed the cast that was going to be a part of the show. And stories um, were placed and stories were told around where those people were in their life. So comms plays a really core role with us as well in making sure there's that organic conversation happening um, across across all of the platforms. Um, and I think that's core because with so much content coming at consumers, you need to be a part of their life cycle and their day. And so it's not just through the content that you organically place or you put on your channel. It's you know being a part of a variety post or being a part of what is in People Magazine or... Uh, BuzzFeed, you know, the 10 best moments of the hills. Those those content connections are equally important. Mm-hmm. And would you say that 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 um, outside of your own social channels, that it's important to have to have people talking about where are Spencer and Heidi now? What's up with Lauren? It's important to have, you know, mainstream media coverage feeding into this. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, I think what MTV always did best and now or why we're hitting our stride is we're a part of the cultural conversation. If you're only part of the conversation that you're having with your core group, you can't break through and win today. You're not going to add more people to your crowd. Absolutely not. You need to be a part of a cultural conversation. You need to tap into life stakes, um, life moments that connect with people. And so for us, the positioning for the show was all about the rest is still unwritten. We can all universally connect to that. Like at any life stage you have, you still have that unwritten portion and people want to see how the rest of the story is going to be written. Right. At all of 30, you've got yeah, <laughs> you've got quite a bit to go. They sure do. And, um, you know, it's it's been great to, you know, connect back with them in their life stages and see where each person is. And they're very different. Um, and we benefit from the relationships they had with the audience that was there in the beginning. And then we saw immediately on social, uh, it was a super busy night um, uh, on Monday. Monday's always a big night on television, but we were five of the top trends. Um, and again, that's, that only happens when you're part of the cultural conversation. How, um, backing up from, from the, this month, I'm uh, sorry, the June, backing up from the June launch, at what point did, did your marketing plan, did it shift into a higher gear as you got closer to a premiere date? Like how, how did you, how did you accelerate the messaging? Yeah. And we're finding a lot of research that tells us that, um, the last week, is when consumers are really making decisions, but the last 48 hours is when they decide what they're watching. And we're seeing radical shifts in consumption of media. Um, so other than time-sensitive content, we're seeing you know more and more on demand. So that led us to, okay, we have had this campaign since August of 2018. We've been strategically planting the seeds and connecting with the three targets that we talked about with over 200 pieces of content before we even got to our launch campaign. And the last three weeks, we started to amp up with paid media, really reaching out to that audience that didn't watch The Hills before, those people who love reality programming. And our goal was not just as much to drive them to the premiere, but to get them to 
mark it on their DVR so that they would watch it. If they didn't watch it live, they'd watch it on demand. And um, it worked. It, it totally delivered. Like I said, we're number one for women 18 to 49. The wonderful thing is the marketing brought in 24% new audience. So 24% of the audience that was brought in had never watched, had not been on MTV in the last four months. That's a big margin. It's significant. And, you know, kudos to our uh, research and strategy team that helped us identify those targets and where we could reach them. And then to the creative team who really built compelling creative assets that connected with people. And, um, you know, again, it was wonderful to see us light up all platforms. So seeing that Twitter, not just trending one in the United States, but globally we took over and it was for six hours. So, um, you know, that talks to the on-demand nature of content today and how consumers continue to watch. And we're rooting for these uh, these young people and where they are in their life stages. And, um, you know, I think everybody was just really excited to see where they were and how they came back and, um, you know, who, who was going to end up with who and <laughs> whose marriage was in what state. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an amazing franchise with great talent and um, a great fandom that's been fueling it all along. As you as you led up to the premiere, as you get to that crucial forty eight hours, what were the metrics or what was the traction that you were looking for? What was what what told you that you were on track and were going to deliver an audience on? So we were really excited because we saw our social following grow significantly. We're up almost three hundred percent in terms of followers, but we did this binge phase. Um, where we put all of the episodes out on our app to try to get people in. And we encouraged people to binge. Then we put some paid money behind the binge. And, um, you know, that was about creating um, connections for all those people on streaming platforms. So we went to all the streaming platforms and we specifically, we know you're binging on those platforms. So how do we get you to binge our content so that when we do launch, we get you in? Um, and it was the highest binge campaign we'd ever done. So we had, I believe we brought in um, something like 2.1 million people to that binge. And, you know, that's 2.1 people that maybe hadn't been exposed to the Hills before, but then were connected to it before we launched our really big, robust campaign the two weeks out. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that we're seeing in research uh, is, again, me- buying media the way everybody traditionally bought media is amazing and it's super important and television still converts the highest to television but we needed to connect with people and where they were in their life cycle so we did some first of kind uh, marketing partnerships one was with dry bar Hmm. so a lot of young women get their hair blown out in the morning (laughs) they all have lovely locks on that show (laughs) for sure (laughs) they do i need to get more time so i can do it Um, (laughs) but we partnered with dry bar all across the country um, for the month leading up and then specifically the 10 days out where you get your hair done like any of the stars. But more importantly, in every dry bar, they have screens. And <laughs> right, more we, importantly. We took over their screens and we played the hills for the entire month leading up to the premiere. And this is Kay Kehoe who runs this area for us. It's just simply genius because it's the target audience you're looking for. Over 50,000 people came in for blowouts during that period. And then the week out, we had specific ones in New York and L.A. where we did a stunt. And then day of, we gave away free blow dries in New York and L.A. So, again, we became a part of their day. We didn't just rely on traditional means to do that. Um, 
which was great. And then we also did, we partnered with Bumble to integrate, they have this BFF platform. So like, again, reconnect with your BFF. We partnered with Bumble. And um, and then we worked with Amazon Alexa. So every day, <laughs> one of the most asked questions is, you know, what should I wear? Instead of creating an Amazon skill where you had to say, I want to hear what the hills have to say, we asked the talent to be a part of this execution. So if you were to say to Amazon Alexa, uh, the week of launch, what should I wear? It would be Audrina saying, <laughs> you should wear this today. And so again, us organically connecting our conversation and our stars where people already are in their life cycle. And we're seeing that resonate really, really well for us. Um, and we're going to continue to double down on that. And something like that, that Amazon Alexa, that's fascinating. That's a paid placement, or is that something Amazon will do with you just as a promotional that, that is also kind of something fun for Alexa? It was a partnership. So it was a absolutely pure partnership benefit on both sides. Um, and obviously, they're seeing great value in it, and we're seeing great value in it. And Amazon's a strategic partner of Viacom as well as all of our brands. I just all of these all of these elements that, that you're talking about all these partnerships. I know these are all things that take time to be negotiated. Right. The just, I'm trying just the amount of time and it seems like a, like a, like a military campaign like plotting when these pieces will drop when the partnerships will go into effect. And I'm thinking about you doing all of this for one franchise while also minding for four four full channels with a lot of I'm sure plenty of hungry mouths to feed. It's yeah, really we were once we, you know, got the green light that this campaign was this this franchise was coming back, we set up a SWAT team. So uh, <laughs> I don't it, doubt it. It, it. You need a SWAT team because you need people who are obsessed with this and then listening to the consumers and then if consumers were asking for something specific about Justin Bobby, we could react <laughs> and create content. And like I said, we developed over two hundred assets before we even got to the premiere week. So um, that was a lot of listening to audience and then serving back content that they were looking for. And that SWAT team involved the development team, it involved the comms team, it developed the scheduling team. Everybody had to be at the table together. And when I say, like, a lot of people sometimes take for granted some of those other teams, but scheduling is, like, super important for us to develop those marathons and those binge nights and the weekend stunts and, you know, working with Roku, working with all of our different partners um, our content distribution team had an amazing uh, partnership. So Comcast, Charter, DirecTV all did stunts around the launch of The Hills. And then our ad sales unit, we had something like seven massive marketing partners that as soon as we announced in the VMAs that we were bringing The Hills back, people came clamoring to us to have integrated partnerships. So... Crest had Crest White Strips. It wasn't just an ad that they placed. We actually had that within the actual show. L'Oreal um, had custom marketing partnerships with us, with Ardrina and the talent. Um, we had special partnerships with McDonald's and Pepsi and Vitamin Water. And then interesting, Universal Pictures actually, actually partnered with us. It was the same week of their launch of yesterday. Oh. And we partnered with our talent and their talent to create content that resonated to both audiences. So... All of that took a lot of time and planning. And so there was a SWAT team across all these different disciplines that met on a weekly basis and plotted out and then shared with the leadership team how we were trending. And um, I think that's vital for, for you to do in today's day and age and able to move things forward successfully. I think all of this just underscores your point about the importance of IP, which IP can sometimes be just tossed off as, as refer, 
you know, referring to kind of content in general. Right. But what this whole example explains is the importance of a established property. You had you had a title, you had characters to work with, mm-hmm. and you probably wouldn't have had those incoming calls if you on the MTV Awards had had tried to launch a new property. Absolutely, that's, that's the value of established brands. A hundred percent. So think about it. Immediately, as soon as we announced it, there was a core fan base. The media knew what it was. Most of them had grown up watching it. The talent community knew what it was. The media agency world knew what it was. So out of the gate, we have a flag post for all of these constituents to resonate around and get ready for. And then we can just build from there versus new IP, which obviously we're, we're investing in new IP as well. Um, but in this instance, enabled us to really create this massive hit on all platforms and make our, um, our channels stronger by bringing back a franchise like this. Your channel's not not only linear, but your digital sites. All of our channels. On Pluto TV, the Hills Pop-Up channel is one of the best-performing channels. So um, really, all boats rise. And we say around the office, it's you can't think about content creation anymore for one platform. It's not either or, it's more. And, you know, we look at the lifetime value of content creation, and it's it's with that very much in mind. All of your operations sound like you very much sound like you're a team coach. And, of course, you came to MTV in 2016 from after 21 years at Major League Baseball. How did your experience on the, on the baseball diamond and in, in the sports world, how, how have those skills translated to television? So, it, you know, it, it's, it's been awesome um, because sports is all about real time and you're marketing a real product, so it's 24-7. Um, you have a plan, but your plan's never fully written because you have to constantly evolve to what's happening in the world around you. And it could be great or it could be challenging and you need to be able to be mobile and you need to be able to move. Sports are all about team. It's all about collaboration. So coming to MTV at a time where the brand was down five years in a row and really in a state of crisis and the industry in a state of crisis, having that 24 seven always on approach. And as you said, being a coach, you know, I was, People ask me all the time, like, what's it like to have your job? And I'm like, it's very much like being a chief motivational officer. You know, you have the strategy from Chris overall. He has amazing vision. We have this great team. I would say we've got the all-star team in the industry. But then it's our job to chart the path forward and make sure that we have key metrics along the way. And it's my job to then make sure that everybody's delivering. And you know what? We hit it out of the park a lot. But just like in baseball, if you hit 333, you're one of the best players in the league. With, with success comes a lot of risk and also comes failure. And it's being able to embrace taking risk because if you're not trying new things, like, you know what, maybe the dry bar thing wouldn't have worked. It did, but maybe it didn't. And if you, if you look at this new landscape and you think we're just going to stay with the same model that we've approached, you know, marketing. Right. The last certain amount of print, certain right. amount of TV. It just doesn't work. And, and so I think... The new era of media um, is going to be a lot of testing and a lot of learning and listening to the consumer and then a reevaluation of what is success, right? Like cable cable ratings, social ratings, right. um, where consumers actually are. Um, they're buying your product, you know, with Instagram shop. It's getting very exciting to see how IP connects people in all parts of their life. So... Um, I feel like my, my background in MLB really well positioned me for walking into what was 
pretty much a state of crisis. Um, at, at MTV at the time at, when you at, came in, it yeah. was a, it was a low ebb for the channel. It was a low ebb, and you know, again, with a leadership team that truly is the all star team in the industry, and everyone holding hands and knowing that it's you know going to be very chaotic, um, tons of work, and building that building versus buying approach. So we had outsourced a lot of elements of what we did historically. But at the core of MTV, when MTV was originally started, everything was built in-house. So we embraced that approach of, we'll be more successful if we build these things internally because we'll, we'll be able to be more nimble. We know our brand better than anyone else. We can listen to consumers. We can react faster. So we've approached that bill versus buy in every aspect of what we do. Is there also a cost savings to it? Tremendous cost savings. Um, we've reduced headcount significantly. Um, we have reduced the cost of development of creative assets significantly. Um, and, you know, the company used to be set up. Digital was one group. Linear was another. Bob Backish brought it all together. Um, and Chris has it all under us. So we're developing content. We're not thinking about what what we're doing just for cable. We're thinking about what we're doing for all platforms. So there's tremendous savings just in in that um, alone. And then you're just having a, your your brand voice is consistent across platform. And I would imagine the Hills was was a larger campaign than you than you would mount for absolutely for other types of shows. Absolutely, the Hills was one of the larger campaigns that we've launched in the last two years. I would say, um, you know. Like we said earlier on in the conversation, breaking through today is more challenging than ever before. So there's only about five million shows on the air at any given time, plus right. everything. Most of what everything else has been produced in the past sixty years. Right. So what the Nielsen ratings make us all tear up with excitement, but equally excited to see five trends when the show goes live. To actually get a part of people's day is so much more challenging in this streaming on-demand world that we live in. So the fact that that many people stopped and made the Hills a part of their day, and hopefully they do it again tonight, <laughs> um, that's that's when you know IP is power, hits transcend platforms, and franchises really are forever, if you're smart about it. You can't just bring back, and we've seen other people try to bring, bring back IP, and if you don't do it the right way, it doesn't resonate the right way. What do you, by the time you get to the final episodes of this revived mm-hmm. season, what, what are the metrics that you're going to be looking for most? Well, definitely it's going to be the cultural conversation, making sure that we maintain and grow from where we launched at Premiere. Premieres always tend to spike, and you want to make sure that you can not just maintain that, but you can actually grow to finale. Um, linear ratings are obviously going to be core to that. Um, and then just the social and digital following. We're seeing great growth on Instagram. Um, we're going to be launching a YouTube Hills channel. Um, just, again, all fueling that, that fandom. And then continuing on with Pluto TV, which has just been an amazing platform for us to experiment on and to see how fans are reacting to, um, to our show. And what was interesting about the ratings was the younger rating was so strong. So we really did reach that 24% new audience that we brought in. It was majority 18 to 34. The kids were in elementary school when the show first aired. And that's the fastest um, group leaving cable. So that makes that success that much more impressive. Um, It's a game of stealing share, and it's a game of connecting in all touch points and owning that cultural conversation. 
Mm-hmm. Have you seen? Um, did, did you start to sh- to see the the marketing challenges shift during your time at, during your time at MLB, or is this something that these that the 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 huge swings in media consumption are something that are much in much more sharp focus now that you're in, in television. I don't want to date myself too much, but about 15, 20 years ago, I was at a Fox um, planning meeting where Rupert Murdoch talked about the power of time-sensitive content. So far ahead of kind of when people were really thinking about time-sensitive content. And it always stood with me, sports and news, no matter what, people want to see it live. And we, we know that because when you put the World Series on after the World Series, the ratings are like nothing. Same right. even for the Super Bowl, the most watched show of all time. They run it again, and it gets almost no rating. So sports and news, people consume live. Entertainment content, you have a place in people's lives today. What it looks like tomorrow, who knows? But like we said, IP is power, and it connects us. And so we're, we're building... Um, a model that enables people people to connect with us when they want to connect with us, not just the premiere moment um, and where they want to connect with us. So if they want to connect on YouTube, they want to connect on Pluto, we have to give people more choices. We can't expect the behavior that was even two years ago to be today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business.